Welcome to iPodcast Magic Missile, where we play games and talk geek. Broadcasting every week from the New River Valley in the beautiful mountains of Southwest Virginia, we bring you audio from some of the most exciting games, new and old. No actual wizard spells here, just actual play from great games. This is iPodcast Magic Missile. very much the sort of thing where you you want to hop on for like five minutes um, and then two hours later hop on for five minutes and then a couple hours later hop so, on for five minutes. yeah, you're being habituated mm-hmm. to constantly be coming back to Tiny Tower. <clears throat> and they actually said that another thing uh, with those games is that they're trying to habituate you or they're trying to get you to play in in patterns that mimic most people's uses of social media. So most people go on Facebook mm-hmm. every hour or two for a few minutes. So you're guaranteed to play their game and see their ads, etc., etc., etc. Well, that is, that is true more with, like, Facebook-style apps. Yeah. I mean, Tiny Tower, I don't think you can actually play it on Facebook. But once you skip further into the game, it slogs. Like, it takes longer and longer to... Like, the first floor is, like, $100,000 to... To build, and then the next floor is like 150, and then by the time you're building the 160th floor, it's 4.3 million, Oof. and you know that takes like three or four days to accumulate that much money. And well, they're already happy by that point. Yeah. Well, but they, you know, you might want a shortcut and buy some tower bucks, so you can turn those tower bucks into dollars, so that you can then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. You can get 25 million gold in uh, Diablo 3 for 25 bucks. <laughs> well, that's just a case of, you know, <laughs> the first taste is cheap. Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny bu- because, like, <laughs> there's, there's becoming a bigger and bigger dichotomy between companies that are making Skinner boxes and companies that are making, like, old school, you know epic style games or like old school only the triple A only the, the, the big console and PC titles anymore are even attempting to be just like a game faster than light it's an indie, pretty indie game that just yeah um, it is I mean it's totally a roguelike it is a fairly complete game it has not got the it's not a Skinner box wait what game which game is this FTL box. Oh, FTL. I've heard, I've heard good things about Skinner FTL. Skinner Box is a video awesome. game that's attempting to psychologize you into playing it rather than being a good so game on its own merits. It comes from the Skinner experiment where they would find that if you put a rat in a box, you put a lever, and every time the rat got the lever, a food pellet came out. The rat would get a food pellet, eat the food pellet, and chill. Mm-hmm. You made the food pellet come out um, every, you know, tenth time. The rat would hit the lever ten times, get the food pellet, and chill. But if you made it random. Mm-hmm. And the rat would think every time, well, maybe I get a food pellet, maybe I get a food pellet. And they would compulsively pull the lever and get food pellets they didn't need. Because they were addicted to the gambling of the slot machine. Huh. The slot machine is a Skinner box. Interesting. Okay. You know, occasional rewards and general fuckery. Now, faster than light is just like you lose. It's, it's, it is like on dwarf 
fortress par for hard, except that it's possible to win. How long does it take you? To Borderlands is somewhat similar to this. It uses Diablo's um, randomizer. I'd say about two hours However, to play a game the if you manage to make it to the boss. Between Borderlands and Diablo, so how far do you, is you don't buy guns with real money. You don't buy anything with real money. The only you thing you buy with real parsecs? money is uh, DLCs, which, as far as I can tell, are just here to stay. Oh. I have no problem with DLC. I was just checking. It's a former game developer. It's like, or if you, uh, you, you, you warp. I like the oh, idea okay. of Borderlands two point two and two point four. I'm cool with you that. Hyperspace jump. I am not okay with Borderlands two. And while building this game, we have a DLC already on your disc. Be ready to buy that code. There's actually a legitimate reason for that. Um, and I believe it, and that is that there's a huge lead time um, for if, you, if if this is a game. I assume that's also released on Xbox and PS3. Yeah. You have to submit the game for approval from Sony and Microsoft months and months and months before you can go gold and actually print the CDs. So what happens is you submit it, and then you have two options. One, you can sit around and cool your heels for a few months and do nothing. Or you can start working on DLC. And if you finish a package of DLC before the game goes gold, you can just put it on the disc. Hmm. At least you get all the content there so people don't have to blow up their internet connection for like you know eight hours downloading textures and stuff. They only have to download a patch that puts in all the bug fixes that that thing required to get approval. I can see that, I suppose. I, I can understand that. That is the industry excuse, and I I somewhat believe it. I don't think it's 100%, but I definitely think that it's... That it's, it's good enough a reason to say, okay, that is acceptable on its own merits. And there's another advantage there, in that, in that often there is free zero-day DLC for people who buy the game rather than getting it used. Yes. And again, as a former developer, I have absolutely no problem with, with them saying, look, you want to you wanna get the full experience... Pay us. I like this a lot because otherwise we can't make money. Because now there's such a huge aftermarket for games. Yeah, yeah. it was killing the industry for a while. And I, I, at first, I was a little skeptical. But you know, like I said, I've, I've actually worked in that industry. And no, I don't I, blame them. I really like the uh, buy a new game, you get free content because it allows them to be competitive with the secondary market. Yep. And you need developers to get money because games are widely and ridiculously stolen. It's it's you know it's not even that honestly the resale market is way worse than the piracy market because most of the people who pirate games would never have bought them new. At worst, they would have waited till they were in the bargain bin. In which case, the company's losing money on them anyway. Or, you know, when you buy it for five dollars, you're reducing their losses. You are not actually helping that development team. It's not contributing to their bonuses or anything mm-hmm. like that. Or you or they're going to buy it used. Well, actually, at that point, the game. when you're buying it for five dollars. The development team's already got their money that they're going to get. Yeah, you're, you're reducing GameStop's losses or whoever you buy it from the bargain bin. It depends on the deal the publisher has with the um, company. There are weird agreements there, and often the publishing company still takes the hit or gets the gain at that point. Mm. It's not. It's actually not that cut and dry because there's these weird reciprocal agreements between retailers. But regardless, and again, I can only speak to this because I worked in the industry. Um. The the thing really is that um, yeah the pirates aren't going to buy the game they're not, or they're certainly not going to buy it new and at a price that benefits the publisher or the developer 
it's it is it is entirely aimed at the at the resale market. That's good to fix as well because if you if you say do you want this game for five dollars less, people will say yes, yes I do. Part of the problem with the DLC being on the disc, and there's not so much a problem as is perception, is that people think when you buy a game, you own that game. You don't own the game. You are licensing it. And that is an entirely different thing. That's why you're not allowed legal perspective. Yeah. That's why you're not allowed to mess with your uh, 360 and you know do weird stuff to it. Technically speaking. That's why I'm kind of excited about Ouya. There's a second. There's a second piece to this too, though. Um, which is why I think Kickstarter is so important because with AAA titles, games that are guaranteed to gross millions of dollars, because the average AAA title now costs tens of millions of dollars to produce, so you have to sell millions of copies. But the idea that Hey, we don't have to pull all this this tomfoolery if you if the customers just pay for the game up front, pre-order it before it goes into development. Which for smaller mm-hmm. games on shorter development cycles, six months to a year, indie type game titles, is perfect. And then people have the option of, do I trust this developer? Have they produced good products in the past? Is this somebody who I want to support with my money? So it's it, it becomes an, and I you know if you actually look at the the the, the curve of money that goes into Kickstarters. People are actually willing to overpay for product from people that they like. Because they're like, I know that this is going to support someone I care about. I don't worry that EA is going to skin this much off the top, or GameStop's going to take their cut, or you know, this or that or the other thing. So I, I think that and, and I've actually I've actually blogged about this, but I think that, that all media, all media production, all creative endeavors are going to go into a two tier system. You're gonna have the AAA um, you know, pop stars and games and movies at the top, and everything else is gonna be kickstarted. Not bad. I, I mean, I like the Kickstarter form formula. It's it's good. It's safer. Yeah, mm. I was actually. Uh, you gotta be on careful the on Kickstarter. Page. It's safer for the person who's running it. So not for the consumer. Mm. The, uh, some people were on the Mercs forums. It's a mini game we've been picking up a little bit, and they were like, "Hey, all these companies are doing Kickstarters. You guys should do a Kickstarter." And the uh, <laughs> the guy who makes the game. Posts on the forums all the time because it's a pretty small community, and he was like, "It's also run well, out of his basement." <laughs> I'm not going to make a Kickstarter, and here's why: Do you guys play in game stores? Because if I make a Kickstarter, they are not going to get any money. That's would, not that's not entirely true. So a lot of Kickstarters, especially like Ogre, um, a lot of board game companies will mm-hmm. have special retailer tiers where the retailer can get in. At retail prices, well, yeah. like two, three, four copies of the game. But like, for instance, with the Relic Knights, mm-hmm. they're—I mean—they're selling starters they are. with the Kickstarter. If you get your starter with the Kickstarter, you're not getting your starter from the game store. It's true. Even if yeah. the game stores are able to get the starters at some decreased rate because they Kickstartered, they're not. If all their players have starters because they Kickstartered. But here's the so so the, the flip side of that is that how many game stores actually sell that product? Probably not very many. Yeah. It, yeah. The fact is that game stores look at what Blake sells. Blake sells the AAA titles. Blake sells Magic and D and D and Warhammer. Blake doesn't sell these random indie games. He can order some of them, mm-hmm. and I definitely. Well, he, he did. He did the Reaper one. 
I bought Don't Rest Your Head through him mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. happened to ca- and actually the Dresden stuff too because he happens to carry Evil Hat or he happens to have access his distributor happens to carry Evil Hat but like like he's not he's not selling that he's not moving that product and I don't think that's what I, I don't think the support your you know friendly local game store is an excuse I mean great that Reapers or whoever it is they, they're, 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 they're happy with the business that they're doing and they're out worried that they need to kickstart I mean, but when you have these independent authors who are like, I can make this game for a year See? and spend a bunch of money on editing and layout and art. The fact that we can't get it at the store right now and we have people who want to buy it through the store is a sign that he does need to kickstart it so that he can up the production to the point where it can fulfill demand. It is wild. There are three Mercs armies in the store, and there are eight additional people who want to get in. <laughs> there are eight whole other people. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know we had that many. Yes, we did. Are you counting me? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Well, I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe like two thirds of a person. In that if this is a small enough operation, Blake might even just be able to like call them and be like, "Hey, we have a bunch of people who want to play. Can you cut me a retail deal, mm-hmm. and I'll sell it to them? Package it up, send it to me. Tell me what it's going to cost. But like." You know, for indie, you know the whole the whole idea of indie. No one's fronting you the money to, to, to do to do the project, and so yeah, these paper plates may not have been sufficient to the task. <laughs> worked out for me. Balsamic. I didn't use a tomato. Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I think it was the but tomatoes. The saying is like, you know, you could do you can you can work on this project for a year, spend all this of your own money, and then no one buys it, or it doesn't get well publicized. At least this place you get paid up front. You can live. You can afford to f- put food on the table for the time you're doing this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're guaranteed that when you get to the end, you'll you'll at worst have zero dollars left, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I worry about Merck's right now because Why? I don't know how much he's selling right now. Oh, I don't know. It seems like it's doing really well. It seems like it, but I I wonder whether if his major distributor, if Blake's major distributor can't get it. Is this guy making any money? Maybe he's just not making it fast enough. So that is pr- almost yeah. certainly what's they, going they on. They just did, like, relatively recently, a fresh run of the starters. Oh, so they probably... It's and, not and continuous. <laughs> no, it's not continuous. <laughs> most of, that's the thing, most of it isn't. I mean, even Magic isn't... They're not continuously printing. Not... Not, not entirely. Way. They're kind of continuously printing. Yeah, they have a different they have a different sale model than I mean, they're still Workshop. making. Games for Workshop example, uh, Dark Ascension. Printing. They're still printing it. Okay, they are. I think so. Oh. No. I mean, it, like, it does go in runs, though. It's yeah. not like it's. Yeah. Any, any printing anything goes in runs. Yeah, we're not just doing it on demand. Well, I don't think they've just got a stockpile of Dark Ascension in the back. And they're I was just under pulling the impression that they that with Magic they printed a set. Like once, basically. Really? Well, the first and, and printing is the big one, th- and like Blake, Blake for one Did point couldn't get it. Oh, I would like to get some. Oh, okay. snack some. Uh, I'm gonna put it away. Okay. I assume they were continuously printing it. I mean, I, after I can just leave it out one extremely large oh, printing, I can, I can like, just like the the, the very large okay. volume at first, and then they did some intermittent mm-hmm. printing later on because you don't want to necessarily. Have a uh, a Fordist model where, oh boy, oh boy! I hope everyone buys enough Dark Ascension. Uh, mm. I'm pretty sure Magic does like two print runs. They do like an initial one, 
and then they Based see what the band they, they, they do. do a, uh, uh, yeah, I know okay. they did a second run of M10 because that was a fiasco when that happened. Oh, that's that's the one that there just wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. it was because they like accidentally got it right. At least that was their story, and it seemed like a pretty close to accurate story. They may have short printed it a little bit on purpose, but like. It, w- it was the time they accidentally dragged everyone back into magic. Everyone was like, whoa! This is fun! What actually bugs me is the big companies that have like robust business models, the AAA companies, that, and then they're like, we're going to do a Kickstarter. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. That's <laughs> dumb. You're doing a give me money. Yes, that's it. You're doing a pre-order. That's really what that is at that point. Well, I like pre-orders, and I wish that they cost more money. Why? I'll tell you why. That's economics. It helps out. (laughs) It helps out. I want to improve video games. I am... I want there to be... Mail them a check. (laughs) I don't know if that's going to work out. (laughs) I don't know. I think they'd probably be willing to take your money. My money would not help improve a video game. No amount of money that I could give to a video game developer would improve the video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, think I could send them $1,000 and they'd be like, oh, sweet, we'll buy donuts, I guess? I don't know. I, I really just would like to see them... You know, maybe, maybe this whole zero-day bonus for buying the game thing will get everybody sort of back on track, because... There's it's 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 there's a big difference in the industry between the haves and the have-nots, and it's really only getting wi- wider as the cost to develop technology increases. That's why you see so many people moving to the mobile platforms because the cost to develop a mobile game is so so much less. I think it's certainly partially the compulsion uh, to have the best graphics forever. But they say, okay, first we'll start off with ridiculously expensive graphics, and then we'll make a halfway decent game. That's what I like about FTL. The graphics are not like super yeah. amazing. It's it's about the gameplay. I'm and guess what? About That's how Notch or... made all of his money. Yeah. I... Graphics? Ah, make it all cubes. It'll be fine. I'm tired of paying for graphics. Yeah. I don't want to pay for graphics. Uh, yeah. I don't mind paying for like okay yeah, graphics. I like Resident Evil 4 graphics. That's the best graphic I need. Well, there's I like N64 graphics, actually. They work pretty I'm, well. I'm really happy with N64 graphics. The great thing about that generation, <laughs> the PS1, N64, that kind of era, was there's there's an Uncanny Valley issue with photorealism, is that the closer you get to photorealism, the worse it looks until you get really photorealistic. You pick out the glitches. When you're dealing with stylized stuff, your brain just sort of fills in all the gaps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, I was I felt like the... The characters in the uh, Final Fantasy, you look at 7, 8, 9, are way more compelling in some ways than the characters in 13, because they're trying to go for a photorealistic look, yeah. and most of that game just hurts my eyes. <laughs> I, I remember eye. thinking, yeah. when, when, I, when I had a PS1, and I was like, oh my god, these graphics are so freaking amazing. Um, and... And they were for the time. Yeah. They were great. What kills old games is not graphics, it's controls and interface. If you go back and play, like, the original... Yeah. That's why I can't stand playing Pokemon. Like, ancient Pokemon games. <laughs> Such trash. 
Like, why do I have to hit select all the time and then scroll through like ten menus? I've, I've sort of been playing through Secret of Mana 2, <laughs> or 3, whatever, whichever one. I think it was 2, I don't remember. But, yeah, just the menus are so infuriating to figure out how to do anything. It's just like... And that I think that's what makes... It's not the graphics that prevent you from going back to playing classic titles sometimes. It's yeah. the... Yeah, the, the biggest problem like I have with XCOM is it is mouse only. Like, <laughs> one button. No, no. Two. Right is cancel. Right is oh, right cancel. Um, or change facing, depending on what you're the doing. context, yeah. Uh, which, of course, means that if you accidentally double-click it, you'll cancel and then make your guy spin around wasting time units. Yep. And it's not like you can go back. <laughs> yeah, there's no control Z. There's no pirouettes. No free pirouetting. No. Busted. Um, yeah, watch out. Well, if you... If you tell the guy to walk backwards, you get a free pirouette. Because turning <laughs> as part of the movement is actually free. Whoa. XCOM was... It's <laughs> weird. XCOM was, XCOM was interesting. There's this class of old games, and that includes all of the old D&D, you know, AD&D games and stuff like that, that there was a set of rules, and those rules didn't always make sense or enhance gameplay, but they gave the game its flavor. And I think if you look at XCOM and you look at the original Fallout and you look at the old Gold Box D&D games, that once you got in your head, once you got Faco in your head or you got, you know, mm-hmm. time units in your head... It was really hard for me, coming from Fallout 3 to play Fallout 1 and 2. Like, at, at first I thought, oh god, this is terrible. I'm not going to be even able to distinguish characters from each other. And then I was able to. Even though they were the same characters, you just... It was a different world where you had to memorize where your favorite friends were <laughs> and know that they're going to look like all the other guys. You just need to know which one of them in the crowd is which. Uh, They'll have different names when you talk to them. Yeah. There are three women model models like in this one bar, and one of them is the bartender, and two of them won't talk to you. Well, that narrows it down, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. But the bartender is not near the bar. She's in a corner. <laughs> Of the room, you just need to know where the corner is. But man, I I love those games. Though I I, I agree with your uh, earlier thing that uh, for games like Fallout Two, you had to absolutely know exactly what you were doing before you started. Yep, you, you need to you need to read the hint guide or the, the cheat guide or you need to do or whatever. You needed to have the entire progression of your character as well as the entire list of items that existed in the game. Yep, because it was effectively a King's Quest game of combat, from what I understand. You know. To a degree, I mean, there, there was a lot you of fine. Kingsganger? What? I said you got to play Kingsganger. Is from New Vegas. Oh, I assumed at least. Were. Oh yeah, I remember the Kings. They, they were great. They uh, they were a gang made up entirely of Elvis impersonators. Yeah, they their headquarters <laughs> was the King's School of Impersonation. That's, it was that's pretty. Wild. It was amazing. So, they had a law of chivalry that they all followed. This podcast is fully copyrighted by its hosts. Visit us at podcastmagicmissile.com. I Podcast Magic Missile, attacking the darkness since 2012.